A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, this is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Right, well, it's day four, and our predictions are all over the place. What on earth has happened today? I mean... I woke up this morning and I was feeling pretty good about my life in, a, in prediction terms. Uh, you know, I was thinking about, oh, Yulia Putin-Saver, who I've somehow got in the quarterfinals. She's still going. Uh, Alexandra Sasnovich won the daily thing for me today. And, you know, and then Milos Raonic has gone and lost. And he was in my semifinals. And who else? Who lost today? Johanna Konta. I mean, what are these people doing? Don't they understand well, did you have Gobinia Muguruza in your final, David? No, I didn't. Some people, some foolish people somewhere <laughs> did. I couldn't possibly name okay. any names. If it makes you feel any better, I haven't I haven't looked through everybody's uh, submitted predictions, but I rather suspect that at the very least Milos Raonic today has stunk up a lot of people's uh, prediction yeah. dreams. Why, honestly, why does everybody? Why do we? Why do we all fall for this week before the tournament result thing? It's just so irritating. It was all we had to go on, David. Yeah, There's been no else, tennis for six months. What else was there to fall for? Well, we should know better. Well, is all I'm saying. Well, it was summed up beautifully by uh, a a tweet that it, was. Hang on, was it one of our tweets? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because it was really good, uh, saying that um, thinking, oh, Gobini Muguruza, maybe it's no surprise that she lost because she hasn't played any tennis of any kind in six months, and then going, oh, but Svetlana Peronkova that beat her hasn't played any kind of tennis for three years. During the yeah. intervening time, she was birthing and raising a child. I I did a double take when I saw her name in the draw. Because yeah. I'd completely forgotten that she'd announced that she was coming back to tennis because she did it on the day that tennis was shut down back in March. <laughs> <laughs> Her timing was abysmal. The actual day? I think it was the day Miami got called off that, that, that she announced she was coming back. I presume she, she's not um, a big believer in sort of divine signalling. Because mm. if she were, um, you would probably take that as, as well. an indication that you shouldn't bother. Yeah. I'm feeling slightly bad that I didn't actually know that she'd been away. <laughs> um, I d that seems to have passed me by somehow. Uh, Three so years, first David. of all, I just 
I'd just like to say congratulations to Svetlana Peronkova, who I, who I have always enjoyed watching play tennis. I just thought she'd retired. You know that, um, that gaping hole you felt for the last three years, but couldn't quite put your finger on what it was. Yeah, I mean, I've put her in, in the past, I've put her in various quarterfinals that have just not come to fruition. So I've, you know, I've had a bit of a bee in my bonnet about that. Uh, if, if anybody's wondering what all this predictions nonsense is about, basically, when we crowdfund our podcast every December, we have a, a, a predictions competition that our highest level backers can enter. And lots of them did. And we've had a, a wonderful competition. And I was going to win it like I did last year. Uh, and then I'm not winning it because things are not going as I hoped. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to say, really. Let's start with Peronkova over Muguruza. Peronkova loves fast-court tennis matches, doesn't she? And poor old Garbini Muguruza, who I think actually started the match quite well, tailed away dramatically. Yeah, she was up a break, Muguruza. But this is what Peronkova does. This is totally in keeping with what she's been doing throughout her whole career, which is occasionally just having having a run out of nowhere where she takes out some seeds. She's beaten, she beat Venus Williams in back-to-back Wimbledons, and she's also beaten Venus Williams in another slam. She's a bit of a seed killer. Um, she's got an incredibly flat backhand and a forehand, which she will occasionally slice, and Muguruza did... Did not particularly like that. I actually thought Muguruza competed pretty well. I thought she she played okay. She wasn't awful, um, but Peronkova really had a had a way to mess her up. And um, yeah, this was this was the kind of match that she came back for. I think she said she was looking for these feelings again on a court. So it was it was nice from that perspective. Um, Muguruza came up with a great word in her press conference. She said. Um, she said she needed to see where she was tennistically, which I which I just thought was brilliant. And that's because she didn't play any warm-up event to the US Open because of her little ankle injury that kept her out of Lexington and also the Western and Southern Open. So as much as Catherine backed her to get to the final, I think I had her in my quarters or semis. It's perhaps also not that surprising that that she's gone out early, especially when you consider she was up against an opponent who can do this kind of thing. It, it's a great story, actually, Pronkova, because she she has said that one of the um, catalysts for her deciding to return was the WTA changing their post-pregnancy comeback policy and and um, protocols um, for their players. Um Women post-pregnancy are female players post-pregnancy are now able to play twelve events, including two Grand Slams, at the ranking that they held pre-pregnancy. And she said that that was a significant factor in her deciding to make that decision. So, real validation of that change in rules, as far as I'm concerned. Mary Carrillo um, sent us a lovely uh, message about Svetlana Boronkova earlier, which I'm just going to read out. She said, I love Boronkova. She had a big win years ago against Venus and gave one of my favourite ever press conference quotes. She joyfully sputtered, quote, when I went into the locker room, so many girls said, good done. Well job. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just lovely. Really lovely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was, I mean, that's an upset, um, and I do feel quite quite a lot better now that I know that you had her in your final and she's, she's not there anymore. Uh, I know that sounds a bit mean, Catherine, but that's how I feel. 
Um, so uh, that, that happens. Um, just before we go much further, I should say uh, we're, we're coming to you right now at one thirty-seven in the morning UK time. As we speak, uh, Serena Williams is currently a set and 4-2 up against Margarita Gasparian with Andy Murray's match still to come against Felix Auger-Aliassim. And we have been... Oh, we have been wondering what on earth we do about this match. Because it's Andy Murray, it's it's a match we all want to watch. And yet Catherine has got an alarm call in about six hours so she can go to something called hair and makeup that we don't have in the radio world. <laughs> and uh, that means that Catherine's got a uh, about a 12-hour day coming up. So can't really watch this match live. And we can't really uh, record a podcast uh, or wait up to do the podcast about it. So what we've decided to do is, if we feel it's uh, sufficiently dramatic, we will come back and do some sort of emergency extra podcast. Um, otherwise, Dave, we will talk about it in tomorrow night's David podcast. loves an excuse for a two-podcast day. Yeah. We had one of those in the Australian Open. It was mm. awesome. Uh, so yes, anyway, with Leslie Bowery. Vividly. With Leslie. She's alive. Yes. yes. Next to the statue. <laughs> Um, so who, who knows who knows what will happen I have no idea at the moment so what we'll do is we'll, we'll talk about the day that we have had which has been full of incidents so much stuff has happened today today's felt like it's a real a, Grand Slam day that's a good way of putting it Ab- more so significantly more so than any day of the tournament so far yeah best order Why? of play by a long way and one where you just needed eyes everywhere. So it was one of those days where I was just dipping into matches here and there, sort of going wherever the wherever the closest set was, closest storyline. And that that for me is is the first week of a slam summed up. And I haven't quite felt that yet this week, but today I absolutely did. I just did. I, I literally ran out of devices to watch tennis on. And, uh, <laughs> so what, when you were dipping in and out at the start of the day, Matt, what were you watching? What were the things that caught your eye? Well, it was Muguruza to begin with. I, I dipped in at a very lucky moment where I just saw the end of the first set where she quite literally snapped her racket in two. She was left just holding just holding the handle while the uh, while the frame rested on the court in pieces. It was um, epic, absolutely epic. It really Do you was. Know, my, my colleague at the BBC, Russell Fuller, was just playing that on a loop when I arrived <laughs> today, and just every time he saw it, he laughed. It's so good. Um, I saw a little bit of Sophia Kennan, who I am convinced must be the most under-the-radar, most recent Grand Slam champion of all time. I mean, I don't know whether in the States they're talking about her more, but she's just not really been on my on my radar that much. Um, and yet, mm. and yet she's played a couple of nice matches has only dropped, I think 11 games through two matches is into round three, looking, looking more solid, looking to have that. Well, I think in her own words, she's getting her groove back. David picked her not to be on anybody's radar at this stage. Yeah, I mean, uh, you may remember if you were listening last night that I was toying with the idea of picking Leila Fernandez to beat Sophia Kennan. And I did more than toy with the idea. I <laughs> went for it, hook, line and sinker in the newsletter that you can sign up to and laugh with your very own eyes at my predictions when they go horribly wrong like they did today. Um, and uh, yes, it was straight sets <laughs> to carry. She is good though, Leila Fernandez. I mean, not good enough today and not good enough yet. She's only 17, but she, she definitely is really, really good. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like, I like detailed, watching her. I mean, she's, te- detailed technical analysis there from me. <laughs> she's, she's left-handed and she's she's got a bit of strut about her, hasn't she? But that's yeah. the beauty of Kenin. Kenin, I, I think I was slightly lulled by the recent results she had mm. when she had an error-strewn vict- loss recently. I can't remember who against. She lost now. to Corne in the first round yeah. of the Western Southern Open and hit a very dramatic number of unforced errors in two sets. Mm. I, I'm afraid <laughs> there we are talking about Raonic, and but these, these things just lull me and get me to believe something that isn't real. <laughs> me <laughs> and, too, uh, David. Kenin, Kenin was uh, watertight today, so she uh, she won through very comfortably. Um, but you're right; nobody's talking about her, and 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 that's. I just feel like. The, who ends up winning these things? It's it's so intriguing. Okay, it's a real blow that so many players are not here and that the crowd isn't there. But I just find the whole thing fascinating. It's it's like this case study that I'm I can't wait to see the results of. And it might be a situation she enjoys and relishes not having people talk about. Her. I mean, people weren't talking about her in Australia either. Um, she. She admits that she gets incredibly nervous before matches. She she said the other day that, you know, she was asked about what her pre-match routines are. Now she's inside the bubble compared to normal. And she said the same as always, crying. She will go on, she will she will be in tears before she plays. And, and she said that was the same in Australia. And it's, and it's kind of nerves and stress related. And that wow. is her... That is her kind of outlet of, of, of dealing with it. And she was quite open about that in her press conference. I love that. I love the way she sort of owns the fact that that happens. Yeah. That's an incredible quote. Wow. Blown away by that a little bit. Yeah. So that was going on, on at about the same time as Muguruza. Uh, I remember the, the day started pretty early on. I remember watching Amanda Inisimova struggling. And I found this really quite amusing to watch 19-year-old Amanda Inisimova playing against a player three years younger than herself. And, uh, and that, that was a bit, a bit bizarre. But the, the, woman she, the young woman she was playing against, wow, she looks like a good player. And it was, she won the first set, didn't she? 16-year-old Katrina Scott, who got, she got kind of a wild card among wild cards, didn't she? She wasn't among the first group of wild cards announced. It was only after a raft of players announced that they wouldn't be playing the tournament that the USTA allocated the extra wild cards and, and she was a recipient. She's, I mean, she looks sort of, in terms of physical stature, she looks well beyond her years. Apparently she suffers terribly from nerves. Um, something that I read in, um, a piece in the New York Times today, but you, you wouldn't know. She, she she has a she has a great poker face about it. Um, she's got a yeah really pleasing um, style of play. Great forehand, really good mover, um, and yeah, we had really had Amanda Anisimova on on the on the rope. She was she didn't really have an answer to anything out there. Anisimova. She looked a little bit listless. Um, and she she said after the match in Asmova that it was it was thoughts of her father that that kept her fighting, that kept her motivated, and kept her determined to to find a way through that match. Her father passed away just before the U.S. Open this time last year. Of course, it was a huge 
deal for her or would have been a huge deal for her this US Open because she'd had that run to the the French Open semi-final. She was a big deal. Okay, Coco Goff had eclipsed her a little bit at Wimbledon, but Anisimova was still on the radar of young American tennis players alongside Coco Goff. And then it feels like in, in, in the, the space of the last 12 months, that eclipsing has been completely, completely, well, complete. Um, but it's obviously been due to terrible, upsetting, extraneous circumstances with circumstances with Anisimova, and to to see her fight like that, and to see her channel something obviously so distressing into into something positive today was was quite uplifting, actually. I mean, it was sort of double. It was a. It was a. I'm sure Katrina Scott doesn't feel this way, but it was kind of a win-win. It was uplifting to see Katrina Scott and the potential that she has. Um, but kind of also uplifting that she didn't quite win and Alison Mover did. And yeah, that felt like a an important victory for her somehow, even though it was only a, a second round. I mean, how weird mm. to be 19, to, to, yeah, to be 19 and playing, uh, never mind that she's your countrywoman, but she's flipping three years younger than you. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> ridiculous that would i mean that would irritate me actually that that used to when we think back to all the the reliving of tennis that we've been doing over the last few months that would have happened a lot wouldn't it the amount of times that we saw monica selich winning a slam or steffi graf and then you look it up and you're thinking of these players that have been around for ages and they're they're 19 or they're 20 (laughs) and then they're playing 14 year old jennifer capriati do you remember when Dimitrov got beaten by Zverev at it was I think it was Miami. It might have been Indian Wells. I think mm, it I think yes, it was Miami, yes. and it made me really sad because it, it was like everyone was re, everyone was really excited about Zverev. It was Zverev was just properly emerging. It was I think it was his first big moment, Zverev, and the baton had been passed without Grigor ever having the baton. <laughs> and now it feels like maybe Zverev's passing a baton to someone. He's still in the, may, you know, he, he's still in the tournament, no, which is... No, no, but he's no longer an ex-gener, is he? More said for Grigor. No. Who lost in five sets today. Matt, tell us the story of Grigor Dimitrov's loss today. Let, just to, as a reminder, Dimitrov... Um, contracted COVID-19 a, a couple of months ago and suffered quite quite badly with this. And uh, we wondered how he would be affected with his tennis. And he played a five-hour epic today. Yeah, well, it was Catherine who alerted me to it. You noticed that Tiafo and Dimitrov were both on court at the same time. And obviously, Francis Tiafo also contracted coronavirus earlier in the year um and they were both involved in sort of deep lengthy matches so it was it was a sort of natural place to go and watch and find out how they were getting on um Tiafo went on to beat John Millman have a have a really excellent win in five sets but Grigor Dimitrov from almost the moment I started watching which was um about 4-3 I think in the fourth set he was two sets to one up about about three hours, 45 minutes in, that was the moment where he just seemed to fade quite dramatically. And he lost um, he lost nine of the last 10 games to 
to Martin Fuchovic, who is a, a good player and a, a physically very strong player. And I was, I was kind of expecting him to outlast Dimitrov today. And in the end, that was the case. Um, Dimitrov started throwing in more and more drop shots and the spring in his legs disappeared and he didn't have the... He didn't have the pace on his serve and his shoulders started slumping. It was all, it was all incredibly visible. Um, and it was a, a little distressing to watch, actually. Um, he, unfortunately, he hasn't been to press yet, so I wasn't able to ask him or, or read any quotes. But I imagine, I imagine he'll be very open. He's, he, he's talked about feeling a sense of responsibility with this to sort of, to sort of make people aware of how of how it has affected him and he's been very honest about about that and the and the and the fatigue he felt and the pain in kind of his body that he felt over over the summers he tried to recover from this so yeah pretty pretty distressing really um Fuchovic is a player I like and I I often think he should be ranked higher in a way he's got a he's a big guy powerful but he's also got he's also got lovely balance to his game he, he's got a lovely slice backhand he's it was a nice match to watch but that 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 fading from Dimitrov will um is is definitely the sort of top story from that and and I think uh, just a warning sign really of mm. of of the dangers that this virus does pose He's a bit like Struff, Fuchovic, isn't he? I, I sometimes yeah. see Struff demolishing Shapovalov as he does sort of every other week and wonder why he's not <laughs> he's not ranked higher. Struff you will see getting beaten by Djokovic tomorrow, by the way, for anybody listening that's thinking, who's Struff? He's the guy that, while you're listening to this, is probably being beaten by Novak Djokovic. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. 
Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Most of my day was taken up by commentating on British players and it did not go as we anticipated it would go because it started with Johanna Contra against Serana Castella, a, a head-to-head which... Conta led 2-0. She'd won all four previous sets. She'd, none of them had been competitive. The only notable detail of their rivalry to date had been that one of those matches was in the Fed Cup in Romania, and it was horribly uncomfortable because of the behaviour of Ilya Nastasi in that tie. And Castea had been angered by Conta crying on court because uh, when Conta was upset with the crowd abusing her and uh, and there was a big delay in the match as a result of 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 Conta needing to or being told by the umpire to gather herself off the court for a while and Castell was very upset and disappointed and quite critical of her in that situation but the match matches themselves they were like two very similar players just Conta is better and in the match that they came out to play today, the first set, Conta won 6-2, and it was exactly the same. They play the same way, it's just that Conta's better at it. She's more reliable with her ground strokes, and she she was just knocking her off the court. And then Castella hit a purple patch of form that lasted for about two hours, and was absolutely sensational, is my reading of it. I do think that... As I've seen with Conta before, there were moments where she panicked a little because, hold on, what I'm doing is the right thing to be doing and it's just not working anymore. And and I don't think it was really under her control. I think she, I felt Conta played pretty well, but Castea was just awesome. She was staying with her. She was fully committed in every single point, unconditional commitment to stay in the rallies and absorb all of Conta's pace and then she started to break out. I mean, she edged the, the second set tie-break, and then she just started slashing winners down the lines. And it was amazing to watch. I, I don't think Castella is the sort of player that will be able to replicate that on a number of occasions and, and end up having a deep run here. I just don't think she's that sort of player. But on the day, she was a really worthy winner. What did you think, Catherine? But by far the best I've ever seen Serrano Castella play. Um yeah, I mean, she she made she made Joe Conta's serve look really puny. The way she was reading the serve and had the confidence to consistently be aggressive off the return was was formidable. Um, but I do think we we were in the prime studio build up. We were speculating and discussing a lot that what happened in Constanza that Fed Cup tie a couple of years ago and speculating about how it would affect Joe Conta. Um, and actually, I don't think it did particularly affect Jocon today. Maybe it was on her mind, but I didn't see any signs of it it manifesting itself. I think they have played since then. Um, maybe that was a little uncomfortable in the early stages. I don't know. But I think for Conta, you know, she's all about those, those the mental trickery, isn't she? The mind games, the, the staying, the, the internal mind games of staying present and staying in the moment. I think for Castea, it was a massive factor. I think she was a woman possessed today, absolutely possessed. And I think if she could, you know, be a bit Djokovic-like and find channel that in every match, find something to fight against, find a point to prove, 
and find that kind of tennis, she, you know, at 30 years old, she could become a thing. But um, I agree with David. I rather suspect she won't. Um, but wow. Yeah, I just, I didn't see this coming at all. I thought Karolina Mukova might be, might pose a danger to Contra in the next round because she's, She's more Same. in keep. She's more in keeping with the type of players that mm. trouble Contra at slams. Oms I was Jabeur. looking. I was looking back at her slam losses recently. She's lost to Oms Jabeur, Svitolina last year at the U.S. Open, a little exception. But then Stritskova and Vondrosova. These are players with variety, and it's very rare that Joe Conta gets completely hit off the court in the way that she did against uh, against Costea today. As you said, David, normally when she plays. When she's involved in that sort of match, I, I'm backing Joe Conta to win. So I'm not sure there's, I'm not sure there's much to really look at in terms of Joe Conta's performance, other than just praising Costea for sort of raising her game and soaring to these heights that I've certainly never seen her reach before. Um, it was an, as you mm. said, an incredibly, incredibly commendable performance from her. Good advert for what aggro can do for your game. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which. <laughs> yeah. T- speaking of which, the next match on after that <laughs> was, I think, I think it's now my favourite contest <laughs> between two tennis players in the world ever. Uh, it was Dan Evans against. <laughs> Can you Cor- tell David's Cor- been missing tennis? <laughs> yeah. Corentin. Corentin. How do I say his name? Corentin, Corentin Mute. Mute. Yeah against Dan Evans. Oh, my word. I've never seen Mute play a full match. I've seen only highlights in the past. And, he is and fun. He, he's hilarious. Yeah, for a start, <laughs> I love the fact that they're both five foot nine inches tall, which is, you know, that is short for tennis players, for male tennis players. And they, there was, to me, it was like big brother playing little brother. Uh, there's nine years between them, but... I know, I'm convinced that Dan Evans sees a lot of himself in Mute. Uh, you know, this uh, this cheeky chap who's full of aggro and full of passion and full of has to have a running commentary on his own match and 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 goes for the audacious. I I was just blown away by the speed across the ground, the acceleration off the spot by Mute. I would back him if you did a. A thirty to fifty meter dash with a line, you know, for, just do, do the do the length of the court. I would back him off the mark. I think against anybody, even Dimonor. It was just wow. there were so many rallies where Evans would hit shots and kind of be about to turn away because he'd won the point, and then the bloke was there and he'd <laughs> got to play another one. He couldn't believe his eyes. It was sort of. And I say was, I suppose, is, I should use present tense because it's suspended animation, isn't it? They got rained off at the most critical point of that match and they will resume Yeah, the score score is set set all, 6-5 Evans, is it? Yes. I think in the third set. And I think he's got advantage on his serve, having having saved a couple of set Mm. points. It 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 was sort of aggro, but not quite. It was like... I think you said on the radio, David. It was sort of game recognizes game. They it, they were tr- they were trying to make it aggro, but they actually respected one another's aggro too much <laughs> for it to actually actually be aggro. It was like sledging where they're both in on the joke. 
I mean, I still <laughs> yeah. absolutely it, loved it. It'd be like going into the pub, eyeballing somebody and give it, giving him the look as if to say, don't mess with me. And then two minutes later, they look again and they just end up in the corner playing pool together. Yeah. Whilst having lots of beer. Yeah. Because they kind of like each other, really. <laughs> and they're, they're just yeah. the dynamic you, is, of, is, of watching them trying to outfox each other was just... The, the, because this guy as well, I mean, he's he's an imaginative player. He's got this slashing forehand that just can hit winners out of nowhere. Um, but he's, but I, I just love the imagination of both players, the, the way they just do different things to what everybody else does. Normally when I watch a Dan Evans match, I watch it through the sort of lens of Dan Evans because my eyes are drawn most to him. Like often he's he's probably the more exciting player on the court in terms of what he's got in his game and that variety. But as you said, Mute matched him for all, for all of that variety and imagination and creativity on the court that it, you kind of ended up not really knowing where to look in the match and just sort of enjoying it for what it was, I felt. Um, I don't know. I feel like Mute is constantly on the edge, though. I mean, he's... I bet he's yeah. got terrible road rage. He just... <laughs> any, anything... <laughs> anything just gets him going, I think. And, yeah, I think in a way... He embraces that, but I, I, if he could rein it in a little bit, I actually think it might help him. I think he was, occasionally it hinders him. He was having very non-specific altercations with the umpire, Avraz Draki Moore, wasn't he? That, mm. I, I, there didn't seem to be any kind of purpose to any of it. It was, it was just sort of amorphous flapping around... <laughs> <laughs> it, Who, I mean, whoever assigned Eva Azdraki more to that match is they a genius they were doing, because yes. the manner in which she just dealt with those two by basically blanking them you know <laughs> just just get it just okay you know you just yeah. you just carry on I'll like, just sit here like when my you're parents done, used to say to me, me and my brother just just stop the horseplay <laughs> I still don't know what horseplay is <laughs> I mean, at the end, the, Mute started like an absolute train, breaks, and then Evans kind of just professionally and meticulously reeled him back in and ended up winning that set. And at the end of it, Mute lost his mind about something. <laughs> uh, I think it was something to do with Evans m- m- daring to kind of move when he was returning serve and uh, and putting him off. And he just had this this monologue while he was sat down shouting in the direction of his coach uh, did did Mute and, and I know that Evans was really trying hard not to laugh um, <laughs> and then in the second set Evans started to get irritable uh, and yeah and Ivar Azrakimov was just almost just pretending that they're not doing it and just uh, just waiting till they've stopped and then just saying okay yeah play <laughs> Dan Evans was shouting Ale and uh, Mute was shouting come on it's so great (laughs) it's it's excellent and we Uh, get more of it tomorrow yeah so it'll resume tomorrow Serena Williams has just won 6-2-6-4 and she was 6-2-4-2 up and then they've but they had two successive ten minute games, and it's and Margarita Gasparian, who if you've not seen what a lovely backhand she's got single hander at least visibly you know 
it, it, I, I don't know how affected it, it, it is, but it's just really great to see that shot. But so, and Serena was was a bit relieved, and she came to the net just now. And when she did the racket tap, there was a bit of recognition of an opponent who's pushed her in that second set and and got her to four all. I think there were a couple of juice points there as well. So it was a lot closer than it sounds. Um, but yeah, Serena Williams is through. Only so uh, single hander in the WTA top one hundred. Really? Oh, is that right? Mm. Wow. And um, and Serena now plays Sloane Stevens in a. Oh yes, a, please. Who, oh, is that right? Yeah, who um, who beat? Who did she beat? Olga Gavortseva. Gavortseva. Yeah, um, yeah. And Sloane Stevens had won two matches since October prior to this tournament, and now she's won two matches in three days. Um, just she's had no form whatsoever. But I was. Also looking back and thinking back to when she did win the U.S. Open in 2017, she came she came into the U.S. hardcourt swing with absolutely no form whatsoever at all, having not played for so long because she'd been injured. Um, so she is a player who has form in terms of turning it on out of nowhere, Sloane Stevens. But I think I think Stevens, Serena, you would imagine that would be night session on Ash. The sort of match both players, I think, will get up for, and uh, it could yeah. it could be a cracker. Yeah, could indeed. Um, actually, I've just seen the order of play for tomorrow has been announced with the revised order based on these matches that still need to finish. And on, I'll just tell you quickly that the Evans Mute match will continue on court five, second on after Cameron Norrie. Uh, the other British player in action tomorrow. What is it uh, with the Brits and Court Five? Have, have they like sort of designated that the so British Court? It is. It is. So it is. In terms of uh, televising, it's kind of the fourth court in terms of the quality of coverage that you get from a TV perspective, the number of cameras right. and direction and everything. So, okay. so, so I, so I think. Um, UK TV, i.e. Prime, request. I mean, we're, obviously, everybody has their say. What 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 Prime ask for doesn't necessarily happen. You know, other broadcasters and the players and all the rest of it have their say. But we at least get to say this would be in an ideal world. This is what we'd have. Um, and it it would it's Ash Armstrong uh, seventeen. And the N five is next in the pecking order in terms of TV preference, and then obviously timing comes into it as well because you know it is suboptimal to have Andy Murray <laughs> starting <laughs> his match at two thirty a.m. UK time, yeah. but um, we respect Andy's desire uh, to have maximum recovery time. Reluctantly yeah. respect it. <laughs> and the winner of that match, uh, Murray and. Oje Aliassim will play the winner of this Evans Mute match. And can I just say as well, Mute, I love his whole kind of primping and preening and his hair and the way he just sort of sticks his hair up on air and he's got and, and he's got the full beard. And he he seems to do his hair almost like the old French footballer Eric Cantona used to do his collar, you know, put it up and you know, just strut about the place. I think he's excellent. Uh, anyway, he is I've as, seen an hour and a half fit. as French as a Frenchman can be. Yes, quite right. Um, right, what else has happened today? We've had a good doubles win for 
Jamie Murray and Neil Skupski over the fourth seeds, Ivan Dodeg and Philip Polasek. So well done to them. And I should also mention the the match between... How do I spell the Finnish chap's name? Rus- how do I, how do I say that? Rusevori. Rusevori versus Rude. Yes, so that's the Scandi scan- clash. Yeah, six U's in 14 letters. I love that. We have. I know we don't have much time, but we haven't actually mentioned Raonic losing and and he lost to uh, crushing prediction Pospisil. streams everywhere. I didn't. Yeah, I don't know why I brought up. this up because I I wasn't able to watch any of the match, but I can input um, my dad's hot take on it, which was to text me saying, "Kathy, uh, isn't Vashek Pospisil a dead ringer for Gavin Williamson?" <laughs> That was it. Who is the... The disgraced education secretary in the UK. (laughs) I thought that message was going to be from your brother when you said that you'd got it on the the Whitaker WhatsApp group. I thought that sounded like a a math observation. No, math was mostly all about Dan Evans and Corentin Mute tonight. He was all in for that. He does. Your brother does love a bit of aggro, doesn't he? Lo- he loves yeah. a bit of spice. The Whitakers yeah. really like Dan Evans. He's he's yeah. on the, he's on all the boats. I think <laughs> it's that neck it's of the, the woods, laws. isn't it? What can I say? Yeah. I can't. I can't uh, possibly disclose who this uh, uh, discussion was in relation to. But there was some some discussion the other day about what the opposite to on the boat is. There's on the boat and there's not on the boat. And then there's, well, Matt, the bin. Matt says in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, anybody with any more suggestions at Tense Podcast? <laughs> what is the opposite to on the boat and keep it clean, folks? Um, so, uh, by the way, uh, Vasek Pospisil approached the net 30 times today and won 27 of the points. That's uh, pretty good, isn't it? Taylor Townsend-esque. The- he does like a net approach. So that happened. And we should also mention Kiki Mladenovic, who played doubles today and was victorious. And what's this about her needing to stay in New York for about 10 days, no matter what, even though she lost in the singles and no matter what happens with the doubles? What's going on with that? Well, I saw it from Christopher Clary reporting what Kirsten Flipkins had said, because she's also one of the... What are they being called? The flashing eleven, the pair eleven. <laughs> one of the one of the people that were in contact with Benoit Pair playing cards, um, and she's reporting that even though she's out of the tournament, she's not going to be allowed to travel back into Europe um, because she's been in contact with someone who's tested positive for COVID nineteen. Um, and I believe the New York Times article about this also said that there are quite serious negotiations going on about whether that whether that can be waived i mean you can well, why should it be waived i don't i don't think it should but it wouldn't I believe, be waived for any of us in the same situation no i agree but that is apparently going on and um what it does mean is that these players if they do have to stay they'll have to stay right to the end pretty much i think it's the 11th of september they'll have to stay until um and that would mean that they probably wouldn't be able to get into Rome qualifying if they are trying to get into that, which is the situation Flipkins is in. Um, so, yeah, we kind of wait to see what will happen with that. But as you said, Mladenovic is still 
in the doubles draw. And for anybody wondering if Mladenovic had, had calmed down a little with her anger about being, quote, imprisoned, um, she, 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 she put those fears to bed with an Instagram live today, confirming that she is still every bit as incensed about her, in inverted commas, imprisonment. Andy Roddick responded with a tweet, by the way, which was prisoners stroke criminals don't get a chance to play sport uh, for six figures in prize money. Safety protocols are the only reason there's the chance for players stroke fans to enjoy the Open. Unfortunately, perspective is seriously lacking with this take. Yeah, absolutely well said. And she was ranting about how ludicrous it is that she's still in quarantine because she's tested negative. So did Benoit Pair. I mean, it's it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. Yeah, Kiki, probably best to just give it up now. Look, I know, I know um, it's tough, but it's tough in, in all the ways that you signed up for it to potentially be tough. I'm afraid it's something you have to to endure, like like so many other people are around the world. Indeed. Right, so Andy Murray's about to take on Felix Auger-Aliassime. We will let you know one way or another what we thought of all that when we get to finally see the highlights, but we've got to go to bed. Um, it is 2.15 in the morning here in the UK. Uh, tomorrow, highlights, it all starts on Arthur Ashe Stadium. Naomi Osaka is first up against Marta Kostyuk. Remember, do you remember her when she was 15 and she had a little run at the Australian Open? And two and a half years on, we, she's, uh, she's showing herself again. Uh, Denis Shapovalov against Taylor Fritz. There you go. Next gen battle mm. in the Thrash Stadium. That's that's a very intriguing match. I think Fritz has been talking himself up. I think most people I think most people coming out of the lockdown have been talking themselves down, playing down expectations. Fritz said Who's going to win? He said he said pre-Western Southern Open, I'll be disappointed if I don't go deep in both tournaments. And he lost to Aliash Bedene in round two at the Western <laughs> Southern Open, which, which wasn't great. So I think he he he, um, he needs to win. Let's let's put it that way. Um, and I I think he will. I've I, I've got him in my quarters, so I'm I'm going Fritz. I've not been that impressed by Shapovalov through two matches. I think he's got himself involved in a couple of unnecessary yes. sets. And I, I also think he might have a couple of physical issues. He's had the trainer on quite a lot. Yes, for his ankle, I think, yesterday. I absolutely trashed Night Train live on television earlier on today in the presence of Jim Courier. Yes, um, I heard. <laughs> yep. So that's out there. If it wasn't already, I think it, I think it definitely was did- already. I think I How think you said respond? your piece. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was in relation to Corentin Mute, who is himself a rapper. Um, and Jim said, "Oh, maybe they could have a rap off, Catherine. You can be the judge." And I said, "I've already judged uh, Denis Shapovalov's <laughs> rap to be unacceptable, and the night train is derailed." <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> Well, we got Russell Fuller to uh, to, to be- translate uh, Mute's rap. This, yeah. Can I just say for everyone out there thinking you absolute grump, I do, I do recognise that I am not the target audience for Denis Shapovalov's rap. I I do get that. Mm. But you can still have an opinion on it. I mean, if anybody out there actually is the target audience, I'm 
desperate to hear from you. Please, yeah, please get in know. touch. Email us. We've got our email address on the uh, on the show notes. Well, no, I mean, a, twi- a tweet, will, a tweet will do, done, David. David. A tweet will do. <laughs> she started it. Um, and uh, Novak Djokovic is playing Jan Lennard Struff in the first match on the Arthur Stadium. Uh, do, what about Shapovalov Fritz, uh, Catherine? Do you, who's winning that? I, I think I'm going Fritz I as well. I think I'm going Fritz too. Yeah, I saw a little bit of uh, Shapovalov against Kwon last night and uh, agree with Matt. Unconvincing. I was very convinced by him in his first round match against um, Chilich at the Western and Southern Open last week. He, he, he had me all convinced again, but since then I felt a bit shaky um, in him. And I, I agree, I'm going Fritz. Fritz looks like he's... Um, bulked up a bit to me over the past few months he looks more man than boy all of a sudden mm. yeah agreed <laughs> Shapovalov's <laughs> definitely winning <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm quite interested to see how Adrian Manorino gets along against Alexander Zverev tomorrow I think you know that's a different style of player uh, he's going to push the ball around and uh, wonder whether the flat strokes might he's, cause various some problems clever Manorino very yeah, clever, he's a good player, lefty. Isn't he? Yeah. So yeah, okay. Well, loads to look forward to tomorrow, and yeah, we'll be back with another one of these tomorrow night. If you're enjoying them, tell your friends, tell your family, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for all your your lovely words of support, most of them anyway. Um, and and uh, yeah, and thanks to Zeus. Zeus, yes, Zeus, our mascot, uh, US Open mascot, Zeus, who is an amazing canine uh, in Medellin in Colombia. I've Uh, been to Medellin. I know you have, Catherine. I didn't meet Zeus. It didn't go very well, did it? Oh, no, it was was great. Oh, that wasn't the one where you were horribly ill? No, that was Chengdu, China. Oh, good. Okay. Well, not good, but, you know. I recall it being quite a, a hairy, or for me anyway, an anxiety-ridden uh, flight into Medellin. It's quite hair-raising. Um, but you liked it generally? Yeah, it's a pretty special, special place. Excellent. Both, m- home, hometown of Palo Escobar. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Zeus. And Zeus. <laughs> and Zeus. What company? Yes. <laughs> Everything you could Which possibly want. Which is all want. we care about. Yeah. Excellent. Right, okay. Well, Catherine, go and sleep well. Matt, put your feet up. Well, no, you won't, because you'll be editing this for about the next two hours. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be back with another tennis podcast tomorrow. Hope you're enjoying them. We'll be speaking to you tomorrow. And uh, can't wait. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.